So, Oren, you know, now we're talking minor hockey league where coaches, you know, volunteers mainly, are being told that they have to have a pretty sensitive conversation with the players about gender diversity issues. Your reaction to this? That's not their job, is my reaction. And, you know, of course, everybody with a heart understands that we should be compassionate toward people. But to bend over backwards to try to force everybody to live a certain way, it, you know, it, it's just not, it, it's not acceptable to expect such things. No, and, and certainly because it's confusing. I think it's confusing to almost everybody because you got to know the gender-neutral pronouns, you've got to know all the language, and the language keeps changing as such that, you know, you could find one of these, one of these coaches in trouble if they get it wrong. I mean, you're asking someone who does, I guess, generally a volunteer position to learn a whole new vocabulary and subject matter. I just think that's a lot to put on somebody. It is. And, you know, again, trans activists and their uh, allies will say, you know, that you'll save a life or is it so difficult to learn this or that. And, you know, if we're computers, it's not that difficult to change the algorithm. But to suddenly expect many different people with many different belief systems and um, usage of language, they've used language a certain way, uh, you know, to, again, to expect them to modify it to accommodate a tiny, tiny percentage of people is ridiculous. Should we have laws to make sure that people don't hurt trans people? Yes, we already have those laws. Should we make sure that, um, you know, that we try to be sensitive to the fact that there is a diverse range of people? Sure. But this imposition of a certain type of thinking and speaking is, again, it, it is compelled speech, and we should not have it in a free society. And this, none of this is transphobic. Uh, I had a student uh, in my class just this term, and, uh, you know, I used she, and she came to, she wasn't trans, she's gender neutral, but she came to me and said, you know, privately, she said, look, I use they. I said, no problem. Next time I use she by mistake because, it's, you know, it's automatic. And of all the people, I'm going to be one of the most sensitive people, but it's just, it just came out of my mouth. I didn't even know I said it. And she stopped me publicly in the, in the class, and she, you know, reminded me. I didn't feel offended. I was like, oh, yeah, yep, yep, because she was very polite about it and respectful. And, you know, she understood I wasn't doing it maliciously. And this is me, somebody who teaches these yeah. kinds of things. And it's very easy to, to make these mistakes. So to have somebody on guard and worried that their job may be at risk, if, you know, if, if they don't speak the right way, we're putting a whole bunch of needless stress on a bunch of people. Not to mention, you know, uh, I don't understand, um, and, and it might just be my ignorance to it, but what, what is the ultimate goal? Is it just that they're trying to bring a new, uh, uh, I guess, change to the, to the locker room? Or are they actually trying um, to change everything about the way kids think? Well, it depends who you ask. And I've had very, uh, probably more than most people, I've had many discussions with the people who are pushing for this change. And they will tell you it's just, you know, to say, well, look, some uh, biological or natal boys will, uh, you know, will, will come out as girls and we need to be sensitive to that and vice versa. So it's only about that is what they will claim. But having spoken with many of these people, to me, from what I've seen, it is an effort to change how all of society thinks and operates and treats them and it's a very it, it can be quite scary when you hear some of these people talk because they demand full compliance right and they will present a certain way say no 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 this is all we're asking for but in reality it's much much more and many of these trans activists i put quotation marks around activists truly are just trying to change the world back to how they wish it had been in their situation i got to tell you there's different types of trans people 
And none of these uh, movements are taking that into account. And one type, type A, let's call them, mm-hmm. uh, they are the ones who are driving all of this. And the fact is, uh, the people that they're trying to um, help, supposedly or ostensibly, are type B. It's a very, very different type of person. So it's like uh, people with type 1 diabetes advocating for type 2. And, you know, but, but they're expecting everyone to treat type 2 diabetes as if it was type 1. I know it sounds a bit confusing, but I'm just trying to help people understand that it's not as benign, it's not as positive as, as is being portrayed. There's a lot more going on underneath the surface that people are not aware of. Right, because I feel like it's gotten very pervasive in just like the last year. I've, I've noticed a significant um, change, and so I wonder, okay, how did this minor hockey league, uh, how were they even approached? Like, Who is going to these organizations and saying, this has to be done? Is this a provincial mandate? Or is this activists who are infiltrating and pushing their way into all organizations involving children and and making this conversation, you know, a must? Yeah, I'm going to assume it's activists, and all they need to find is somebody who is in a position of authority, whether it's a you know probably provincial mandate, whether it's the head of the hockey league or something like that, and they are very um, they're very vocal. A tiny, tiny percentage of trans people mm-hmm. are the most vocal uh, of them and they have the most sway and there are so many people who are, I hate to use the term, but they're such virtue signalers and they want to show, look, I'm good, I'm good, I'm progressive, I don't want to hurt anybody and they jump without even thinking about the implications because, look, I, I, I'm all for educating children and teaching them things that at an age-appropriate level, but four, five, six-year-old children should not be being taught and this is being taught in different school boards should not be being taught that, hey, you can switch your gender when you get older, or you may decide to do that. Because, you know, saying things like this at an age when the child hasn't formed a really, really solid sense of their personal and gender or sexual identity is a nightmare. We have no idea the implications, but people are ramming it through without you know, thought about what could happen. And this is the problem, and this is the ultimate goal, I believe. Okay, yeah, and, and I think you touch upon something that's important. Uh, we're talking to uh, Oren Amate, docamate.com, if you ever want to follow along with him or see what uh, his work is. But, you know, um, a lot of people talking about the sex ed curriculum and all this debate about it and it not being in place, etc., all that debate, putting that aside, a lot of people say, well, what is the big deal? And of the people I've spoken to, whether it's you or other um, education specialists, they'll say, look, it's very subliminal. It's very subliminal. You might not see it in the actual curriculum, but there's a subliminal language surrounding transgender uh, and gender fluidity that is getting into the education, and it's, it's getting into kids' heads. It is. And we, you know, it's a social experiment that is being run on a bunch of, uh, you know, innocent guinea pigs. The children should not be uh, subjected to this when we don't know the impact. If someone could show to me, you know, no problem. It will have no impact whatsoever uh, on, on their psychological and interpersonal well-being. I would say fine if that's what you want to do. But I'm worried about what it could do. And again, people think, well, how could you, uh, A, how could you um, uh, deny someone their humanity by pretending they don't exist, which is not what this is doing? Or, and B, what's so wrong with teaching children that there is a diversity? Well, it's not about that. As you said, it's subliminal, and we don't know. What we know all we know is that children go through a process where they try, you know, where they have the sense of who I am, boy or girl. It's in most cases, 99 point, maybe 97% of the times, it's not an issue. Kids figure it out. 
but mm-hmm. that's because they haven't been inculcated with all this talk before they have a chance to figure it out. And so we have no idea what this is going to do to kids. And I've seen some anecdotal evidence of kids being very distressed at the possibility that maybe I'm going to wake up the next day as a different sex than when I went to sleep with. Right, right. And, and look, there are going to be parents um, who don't want their kids learning this in the locker room, and, you know, they will be vilified. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, have, I work with many parents uh, who have um, their children are supposedly going through this. Yeah. At, it's a whole other thing. It's called rapid onset gender dysphoria. And all they're trying to do is figure out, wait a second, how as a teenager could my child suddenly be going through this change? And it just doesn't make sense. They've never been like this before, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, all they're trying to do is get answers and some guidance. And they are the most vilified. And so, yes, any parent who says, I don't want a coach a hockey coach teaching my kids this kind of thing will be seen as a transphobic monster. And that's the weapon they use, the activist being they. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you. Well, stay tuned. What else will we learn before the school year starts? But uh, this one we'll watch. Thanks so much, Orin. I appreciate it. Thank you.